Yo, yo, yo. What up, friends? My name is Joe Idoni. Welcome into the Preferred Lines podcast. This is a golf gambling podcast. If you just stumbled in here, um, we're going to talk about the RBC Canadian Open and maybe another tournament being played this week. But we're streaming live on YouTube. Feel free to join there. Subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge help for me. Give me a thumbs up. Um, also will be available on iTunes and Spotify, taking a deep dive into this week's tournament and all that is gambling surrounding it. Um, here's what we got on tap for tonight. I'm going to do a brief course preview. St. George's, beautiful course right outside Toronto. I got some stats and data that we'll hope to utilize to make some decisions there. Uh, I'm going to go through the odds board with a very special guest. I'm excited to talk to. I was just talking to him before we went hot. We got into all kinds of stuff. Uh, so we're running like a min minute late here on the start time, but uh, really excited to talk to him. Give you my best bet of the week. Answer any questions from the chat. Feel free to throw those in there and we'll wrap it up with some final thoughts. Starting things off before we get to the course preview. Preferred Lines is brought to you by Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, use the promo code LINES22 for 10% off a sub to their golf package where they got an awesome crew and team there. I work closely with them. Um, they are doing incredible things in terms of branching into new avenues of content, optimizers, projections. Um, they just got really smart people working for them, and you should check out their stuff. NFL season quickly approaching right around the corner. You're going to want to keep track of Fantasy Points. Proud to be a member of their media group. Thank you to them. So the golf course this week, St. George's Golf and Country Club, located just west of Toronto in Ontario, Canada. It is a par 70, um, playing just over 7,000 yards. 7,014 is what they have it listed at. Um, actually, three par fives on the course, which is unique for a par 70. That's because there are five par threes. Five par threes, three par fives. I think I said that right. Ten par fours. Original design by Stanley Thompson, who's kind of the legendary Canadian architect, um, well-recognized for his work up in the north. Bentgrass Greens, Bentgrass Fairways, I believe the event has been canceled the last two years due to precautions from COVID. Last held here at this venue in 2010, where that event was won by one Carl Peterson. Excuse me. I'm still I'm still sick, guys. Uh, I, I'm taking a cough drop out now. This thing is just never ending. It keeps cycling right back in. But I take no days off. Listen, course notes. 2014, Tom Doak rolled his ass into town, and the course underwent a substantial reconstruction. We know Tom Doak focuses on them greens and surrounding areas. Um, old historical course. Club originally opened in 1929. So Doe kind of came in and did his best Gil hands. And what Gil says is the historic renovation, he calls it. So um, what Tom Doak did is he tried to restore a lot of the original green formations and designs from early pictures, but with the modern touch and, of course, his sort of maniacal undulating twist that is Tom Doak. Uh, the piece of property is stunning, like beautiful. Natural valleys and landforms have prevented are going to give us some beautiful imagery this week um, rank number three golf course in canada reachable par fives which should be fun we should get some eagle opportunities for most of the field should be able to get there in two um, should they find their fairway shot or i'm sorry their tee shot in the fairway uh, par threes do not appear overly challenging so three are between 213 and 223 yards relatively long sounds long not long for these guys both nines open 
with short 370-yard par four, so a chance to get going right out of the gate. Um, two of the toughest holes, two of the three longest par fours on the course are number 17 and 18, so a bit maybe a bit of a challenge coming down the stretch. Um, plus, you are going to have the unique sights of fans dangling over the 18th green uh and from a bar they're going to be suspended from a crane over the 18th green still not sure if that's real i think it is but sheesh uh key stats ball striking good drives gained which i think is an important stat here and um also an important stat at places like tpc potomac valspar recent events we've seen where you can't get too far off the fairways like they're generous, but if you're within five, the first five yards of the rough, you're probably okay. If you're 20 yards offline, you're not okay. Um, so good drives game basically measures if you're still able to hit the green when you miss the fairway. Um, that brings that into account. Proximity, 200 to 225 yards. That's three of those par threes, like I mentioned. It will also come into play on some of those reachable par fives. Long irons will be important this week. Around the green game, doke. Strokes gain total on short courses I'm looking at this week and strokes gain total on comp courses. So I think Potomac and Valspar and Southern Hills even are, are three very good recent comp courses, which I think is important. Sometimes we look at comp courses and we'll take an event that was played eight months ago and we'll say this is a good comp for this week. OK, if you're talking just the course, OK, but what we're looking at is how did players play that course so how a player's form may have been eight months ago may not be relevant no matter the course so recent comps important and i test i test week for me um, as of any recent week okay enough about the course let's get to the board before we do so i'm excited to bring on a guest to tonight's show um very excited to talk to him the host of the hoosier caddy podcast founder of blatant golf they are doing incredible stuff over there check them out uh, they've got news feeds. It's kind of like a blog style website. They've got the podcast, some pretty cool merch that he's rocking to go along with it at blatant underscore chief. Welcome to preferred lines, Joe Thomas. What's up, dude, Joey. What's up, man. Thank you again for having me. Uh, a, a true pillar of the community. You are, you know, uh, been following along for a long time. Lunchtime long shots was certainly a, a big inspiration of hump day hammers. And uh, just really appreciate everything you do for us, uh, you know, in our in our men's bowling league, as I call it, uh, the DGen community. Uh, it's it's really an honor to be on tonight. Thank you, man. I can't appreciate uh, the kind words enough from you. Um, a couple of Joes, a couple of guys who, who are familiar with Long Island. We work in sort of similar industries, so super excited to sort of get to the odds board with you. Um, what were your thoughts on Memorial? Uh, Memorial, I, I got crushed. Um, but that's been kind of the, the theme lately. Thank God that Denny didn't pull it off because, uh, as co-chair of the, uh, the Denny appreciation club, we would have been in trouble. Uh, I seriously have been playing him every week for like two years and I just stopped recently cause I just, I can't do it anymore, but uh, I'll be back on the train as soon as he gets back out there. So that was tough to watch. Um, but uh, again, Billy Ho, another guy I play a lot, just kind of just didn't see the win equity. Um, but you know what? He, he does kind of grind it out. Thinking back to API, you know, I mean, he was an inch away from a playoff with Scotty. And, and just so many times at these these difficult, bent Midwest tracks, Billy Ho shows up. I mean, you, you think of him traditionally as Bermuda only, but 
he, he likes grinding out, um, you know, th those tough tracks. And Saturday had a, a, as clean of a card as you can have at that nice 65, I think it was, um, and just kind of cruised it in. But uh, listen, great tournament still. I'm jacked up for the U.S. Open, but we do have do have a few more days left. So uh, th this should be interesting. I mean, the course looks cool. I don't really remember it from uh, the last time they played it, but from the flyover and everything else, it seems like it's a pretty nice place. So should be should be a fun time. Yeah, so I'm not a horseshoe guy, but I can respect someone who um, stands up to really big moments and and big time fields like he has. Um, did it there for the Memorial. Anyone who's won a FedEx Cup and did one back to back events to do so, won a match play event, won it at, at at Wentworth, right? Was it Wentworth? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So so I mean, it, there's something to coming into an event like that on Sunday with a big lead and, and not folding under the pressure as we see so many guys do back to Denny. He's playing awesome, man. So here's what I've learned with Denny is, and I don't really do like top forties and stuff like that often, but you've got to take him with Denny right now because he is just making every cut and finishing top 40, like every week. So I put a little bit more on the top 40. I'll maybe try to find a matchup with him in it. I'll take him in like DFS or jock market or something like that to kind of like ease into like him just seemingly seems like he's never going to win. But um, huge fan of him. Played well once again. He's on a, a hellacious run of form right now. I think like I think it's up to 17 of the last 18 cuts. He's been awesome. He, he doesn't miss cuts. He, he doesn't make enough birdies and eagles. Um, but I got to give a shout out to my man, Romeo the caddy. He was on him years ago, just when he was coming out of Jupiter on, on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's like, watch out for this guy. Best putter I've ever seen. Um, and he really is. But he'll have a lot of those, like, you know, 30 foot uh, from the fringe for par and he'll drain it. If he yeah. can just make a few more birdies, it will be one of these grinded out events that he gets finally. I mean, even we saw Wells Fargo, that, that sort of mid-Atlantic region, he's deadly. And I think he's from Maryland, um, but he, yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll come. It's going to come. Him, uh, Varner, a few of these guys, it's, they're on the cusp of it. It'll be one of these crappy off weeks maybe. But, I mean, Denny has showed up at some of the better events, so you never know. But it's coming at some point. So kind of just like to talk about Billy Moore, Denny, Varner, Matt Fitzpatrick was in the field this week to a oh. certain degree, although not quite as much guys who have just gotten there a la Billy and given themselves chances, but haven't punched the ticket. What do you kind of make of that? Is there a way to sort of handicap it and say these guys just don't have what it takes mentally to, to stand up to pressure like that? Or is it just one of those things in your mind that you're like, it's just a matter of time. You give yourself enough chances. Eventually, you're going to spin the wheel and it's going to land on black and you're going to get that win if you just keep putting yourself at the table. Uh, hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, he's been in the news for, for bad reasons, but a guy like Greg Norman in the majors. I mean, how, how many close calls has he had at Augusta and other places? Now, we're not talking majors necessarily with these guys, although we've seen them lurk in pretty, pretty nice fields. Fitzy has killed me maybe more than anyone else. I just can't get I can't get off him, but he's there at the end every time. And I, I don't know if it's a luck thing, if it's a mental thing. I mean, I, I know obviously he has the Claret jug at the home course, but Shane Lowry just this year is another guy. I mean, an, an unlucky situation at the Honda with, with a rogue uh, incoming storm on 18. 
to Sep. Like that was, there's been a lot of guys that are kind of like that, just top tier players. And for whatever reason, luck or not haven't gotten uh, over the finish line, but I, I don't know. It, it's, I, I do think that when they're standing on 18 with a lead, you know, we saw it with Mito a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. you know, he hasn't been in that position as much as they have, but the, I mean, Bobby Jones said it best, right? Six inches between the head is the most difficult space in sports. And I, We'll see. It's gonna. It's gonna take. It's probably gonna take them shooting like sixty-five and coming back on a Sunday rather than holding a lead. Um, well, I don't know if that's gonna happen this week, uh, but it, it definitely could. There's a few of those guys in this field, and you got to think maybe some of those top guys have their eyes on Brookline. Maybe they're gonna coast it in a little bit. Uh, this could be a, an opportunity for the taking for some of these guys that you mentioned. Let's spend like. A minute and a half on the live tour. So okay. today, we all saw it coming. We knew it was coming because we knew that he needed the money. Uh, so it was only a matter of time. Phil Mickelson, probably the second best golfer of like my time. It's in terms of like I didn't, I wasn't huge into golf when I was when I was super young. So like from when I've been into golf, I would say he's probably the second best player um, that I've been able to witness commits to live takes it a, a freaking almost quarter of a billion dollars to do so um what are your just what are your thoughts like where you sit on it so let me ask you have you read the phil bio yet N no the book yeah yeah the no. one that ship just had it, it's actually great um i'm about three quarters of the way through it but i had a pause on the uncle billy walters chapter and, you know, Phil's made a lot of money in his career, um, but he's pissed a lot of it away, too, unfortunately. I love Phil. He's one of my idols growing up. Um, I will still root for him, but he has to make amends for this. Uh, yeah, personally, I, I think this whole thing is, is sickening. Um, but at the same time, I understand why guys that are kind of past their prime, um, you know, want another payday. Ex-Uncle Lee Westwood. I, I can't even speak his name anymore. Uh I understand the money aspect of it personally. Yeah. Again, I just think the atrocities that go on over there, I just, I, I can't advocate that. Um, but in, you know, in Phil's case and in Dustin's case, I mean, listen, uh, you know, Wayne's not buying any more Prada bags for Paulina. So I, I get it. Why Dustin's doing it. I don't think he cares about breaking records. I'm a little surprised that he doesn't want to surpass Brooksy's four majors at the very least, but you know, that's, he's been rumored. Who knows what's going on with him? I don't know if you're following. Like he just had the wedding. Yes. Oh, right? I'm, yeah. I've been following. Uh, of course, um, I think we're all following along on the IG uh, about what's going on there. But I just don't think these guys really care that much um, about like breaking Jack's record, like Tiger did. I mean, that was no one's ever doing that again. I I, I know never say never, but it's just it's not happening. There's too much competition now, and it's it's just it's a different world we live in. There's too much money at stake. Um, I actually think what Greg Norman had, had mentioned about one global tour, that it could be a possibility because the PGA is really going to have to open up the bank coffers on this. Uh, they're going to lose more guys. It's, it's not just going to be DJ. So uh, it's intriguing. I'm going to watch Thursday. You know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to bet. It. I don't know if it's even if we're able to. But I, I mean, the fact that they got Dustin was a major game changer. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I don't agree with it and I'm upset about it. Uh, but again, I'm still going to tune in. I'm, I'm still going to stream because I'm just curious about it and I love watching, you know, golf. So I'm, I'm going right. to watch, but it, it is, it is kind of a sad story overall. Uh, much of a similar sentiment I would share. I think that the, um, 
the PGA Tour is in a in a fucking tough spot, yeah. and it's essentially their life. I shouldn't say their life because they're going to continue to coexist. However, and they're going to be successful, but they're basically at the mercy right now. I believe of a lot of the major championships decisions. If the RNA, the USGA, the masters, the PGA mayor, they're the one that is probably the closest, although it's not necessarily with the PGA tour. I, I understand that element, but if the masters, the RNA and the USGA tell Dustin Johnson and tell Phil and tell Kevin Na that they can come and play if they qualify, they're going to lose more players. They're probably going to lose Brooks um, because That's- Brooks at this point is on kind of like a major only schedule anyways. And they offered Chase the money. I've heard and I know of people within his inner circle uh, down here that have have told me numbers that they've heard that have been offered to him. And it's a lot. It's not DJ, but it's a lot of money. It's more than is almost fathomable. And um, it's I can understand these guys saying, yes, I can. I don't like it. I hate it. But like, I don't know, man, if someone offered me like 30 X my salary, there's not a lot of things. <laughs> you uh, know, it, it's easy for us to say it's sitting here. Right? So I do understand the sentiment. And like you mentioned, they are in a pickle now with Dustin because, you know, Augusta national is a separate governing body. They can do whatever they want, but if they get more people of Dustin's ilk to start having the dominoes fall, Brooksy, yep. whoever else, Bryson, like, Bryson and Brooks Bryson are like, uh, they'll go. Even a Ricky Fowler, I was listening to the full send with Bob Memory uh, this morning, and they had yeah, him on talking about it. And I, I mean, I still think Ricky's going to win a major because I'm a sick to Jay. I think he's going to win the Open, either the Open or the Masters really? at some point. Just a win fest. I could see it happening. He's again, guy that's been too close too many times. But yeah. regardless, um, if they get one more, two more top guys, that's going to be a big problem because then you start diluting the competition at Augusta and at the majors. If if they say that they can't play the majors. If they still let them play the majors, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal at first. But once they say, you know, you're uninvited, sort of whatever happened to Phil last year at Augusta, if that happens with three, four or five more guys, you start diluting the competition. That's going to be a big problem. Yeah. Um, Next guys, I think would be Bryson and Brooks. And then if they can pull a young guy. It's going to snowball like if they can get like Vic or someone like that. It's it's gonna get it's gonna get bad quickly. Okay, but I don't want to spend any more time on live. Let's talk Canadian Open. I've got some interesting, like weird bets that I made this week. I don't have a ton so far. I'm gonna bring up um the odds checker grid here. Give you a couple of guys at the top. Tell me if you like anyone here. Um Scheffler's nine to one, JT's ten to one, Rory's ten to one, Cameron Smith is twelve to one. There were some 15s out there earlier today. Um, young Samuel Burns is 18 to one and, and I'll stop there and I'll pause. Um, anything stick out to you on a guy that you like or a guy that you don't like either way? Yeah. So in general, just sort of how I play every week, I'm relatively low stakes. Um, you know, I I like doing the the birdie and the $5, depending on how good of a week, 20, 30 lineups, um, and a few bets in the outright market, first round leader and anybody down the board. So in general, I don't usually reach towards these top numbers unless it's a major, 
Um, that being said, you know, I don't think I'm going to go below 20. Uh, so again, with the U S open next week, uh, obviously Rory won this last time by like 12 strokes for the U S open. So that's interesting, but again, not going that low. What I have been toying around with are the nice little parlays, um, with either this and or U S open and the open, you know, you can do a $5 parlay for two of them and win a thousand picking two favorites. I've been doing a lot of can't lay Rory, those sort of things, the next two majors, but if you threw one of these top guys in, say a Lowry this week, can't lay next week. If you want to get real frisky Victor Perez at the open or something like that, you could win 20, 30 grand on a $5 parlay. Obviously three legs, a little difficult, but even if you did this week, top guy like Lowry with can't lay next week, that's a nice little payoff. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not going insane units on any of these guys up top with the U S open next week at a new course this week, nothing really pops out to me. Um, Probably Corey Connors is where I would start at 22 to one. Absolutely killed me uh, at Southern Hills. He was my top owned guy. I like the Augusta comps. His ball striking is outrageous. You know, he's first the last 50 rounds um, ball striking on bent. So we know how good he hits it. Just a matter of the putter with him, like always. So probably like him up top. I do think for whatever reason, just, you know, the Canucks are going to be out in full force this week. Um, mm -hmm. The national pride factor Maybe they have some intimate knowledge at a course that not a lot of the other American players have seen. So, you know, Hadwin's going to be popular 45 to one. That's that's somewhat juicy. But I mean, he hasn't won in a while. What was his last win in the desert a few years ago? I, I don't know. Hadwin. Yeah. Yeah, it was Amex. And then before that was at, at Valspar, which I think is a decent um, yeah. comparative course. And he's been playing pretty well, although it, it, for me, dude, it's like. The, the Canadian narrative, I think, is there. And I usually buy into this kind of stuff. I'm the type of person that will take that um, to the bank. But so I don't have the 50 to one on Hadwin. The number on my book was like 40 and Connors was 22. So there, there's just like it's too built into, I think, their price, yeah. um, which was a little concerning. I did bet. I bet one of the guys at the top and I hit it pretty hard and I'm going to save it for the end of the show. Cause I've got the best bet thing with the whole graphic, but the other guy that I played here and this is freaking crazy, dude, but I, I tweeted out earlier and I took a 30 to one on Tony fee. Now I, knew, I don't know I why knew it. I knew it. I, I was going to say the big Mormon that, that I know you like him. I like him too, but go ahead. I do, but I don't really bet him anymore. I, I, I like cold Turkey him a while ago. Cause I was so hooked for so long, but Things are kind of turning around. I ran a little model and the ball striking has gotten back into form. He's fifth in the field over the last 24 rounds there. Um, strokes gain total. Like when I looked at it, courses um, sub 7,200 yards, he's really good on short courses and he's, he's actually driving it much straighter. Um, if he was ever going to putt well, it's it's on bent grass. Now, he doesn't have to putt really well to win, but I don't know. It, it stuck out to me at 30 to 1 as the guy with the most value up here in terms of the number and where I think that his talent level and potential as a player may be. That said, betting Tony Finau is lighting dollars on fire, and I get it, and I feel like I made a safer one at the top that I'll get to in a little bit, but but go ahead. Roast away for the Tony Finau. But he was second overall in the mixed condition model that I ran, so uh, sometimes I just have to 
plug my nose, close my eyes and click the name up there when things are screaming at you to do it. And that's that's worked for me a couple of times before. So I'm going to no, stick I, to it. I, I love it. I mean, we, we saw him do just fine at another uh, somewhat northern bent grass track at, at Liberty National. Um, so I, I like I like that plenty. You know, Andy laid out a really nice case for Fitzy. We mentioned him before, as well as Lowry in terms of guys that are on the cusp of a win but haven't gotten it yet. Same with Varner. Um, but again, like Varner, like I can't really bet him at twenty-two to one. Uh, I just I, I can't do it. Um, if you go down a little bit, you know, Mad Dog Mitchell is a guy I always I always consider as well as Captain Kirk. Um, but again, how much win equity do those guys have? You know, I, Mitchell would keep going back to the Honda Classic, but that was like four years ago now. Like I just I, I'm not I'm not in love with any of these guys. I'll go. I mean, I don't know how far we can drop right now, but if we're talking mid tier, another one of your boys, uh, Sahith, is hitting the ball really well right now. I, I saw him at 65 to one on DK, you know, a couple of hours ago. Um, I kind of like that number. We saw how much he, he, you know, really shined at waste management. Not that's necessarily a comp or anything, um, but he's striking the ball really well. Stop 25, last 12, and ball striking and TD Green. Uh, he, just, he looked really good last week at Memorial. Um, so I, I probably I think that's a nice little wager at 65 to one for Sahith. You're going to be on that. I have not pulled the trigger on that yet. I'm looking at I'm always looking at Sahith. Here's what I did in this mid range. I took a 45 number on Pat Reed. I okay. think it's time to buy back on Pat Reed. I feel like a corner has been turned. I don't know if it happened initially when he cracked the driver, but working on some new things with this, with the swing that I noticed at Memorial hitting a little bit more of a fade, uh, which I think has been more consistent for him. He doesn't hit it far at all anymore. Like there were some drives at Memorial where he was 30, 40 yards behind his, his playing competitors. That's okay at 72 or at 7,000 yards, which this course is going to play. Here's the big thing for me, Joe. Let me count this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He was on a run of 11 consecutive events, losing strokes T to green. He's gained strokes T to green in three consecutive. So his last three starts, all gainers T to green. He lost strokes in the 11 events before that. So when that flips, so you mentioned like win equity, Reed has it in situations uh, similar to what Billy Horschel has where they don't fear Sunday pressure and competition and they've won big time events so they can put that on their shoulders. They can strap it to their backpack and say that I've won a Masters. I can God knows I can win the Canadian Open. So if he's gaining T to green, what's he got to do? He's got to scramble really well and he's got to putt really well Two, Those are his things, right? Um, if he can get that going and he lost strokes putting at the Memorial, but gained around the green at the PGA, gained at the Charles Schwab, gained at the Memorial, I'm just seeing things shift. And I'd rather be, I think this is a chance to still get in early. I think a 45 to 50 to one is a good number on him in this field when things are turning. And like I said, if he's a stock, it's, it's time to buy back some pay read. I like it. I, I was actually, he was my highest owned guy along with Jason Day last week, um, which was very frustrating for both yeah. of them. A lot of back and forth. You know, he had a, 
uh, Patrick had a really tough start last week. He bounced back Friday and was kind of so-so over the weekend. Um, you mentioned the drivers have been better lately. He, he may not even have to hit it too often this week. We know he's a wizard around the green. We've seen it at Torrey and obviously Augusta too. Not that, again, that's not really a comp or anything, but just his wizardry, uh, you know, around on the green with these short green complexes. I think they're less than 5,000 yards on average, uh, square feet rather. So I, I think he kind of does set the mold for this. And if we just go back to the DFS, um, you know, pricing 8,900, kind of wedged in between a lot of these other guys that should be popular, like Kirk and Mitchell, um, super contrarian, I think. I, I don't think he'll eclipse like probably 7%. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that's a pretty sharp play. Okay. Let's move down a little bit. So now we start to get into 100 to 1. I've got a couple of guys that I'm going to let loose on lunchtime long shots tomorrow. But I want to ask you, you got the floor, man. Anyone in like this long shot triple digit range? Look, we've seen long shots have a propensity to hit like the week before the majors. I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of a lack of focus from some of the guys at the top. Typically, I would say that's because the field is not quite as strong. Um, we do have a decent like strength at the very top this week, but there's some players down here. Anyone that you like, it doesn't have to be from this board. I'm just going to kind of scroll through odds checker, but uh, yeah, anything yeah. you see. So yeah, obviously, you know, uh, the sicko range, as I coined it, I, I like that range a lot. I don't even know that we're down there, but there are some intriguing guys that are over a hundred to one. At least I'm seeing the Todd father is a hundred to one. I uh, was in the final pairing at colonial, which could be a nice little comp again, tree line, short bent sort of course, Guy I never play, um, but just kind of fits too well. Same thing with the Panama. Uh, you know, I saw Tout had a nice write-up on him, 80 to 1. Great on par threes. Other short tracks like Heritage, we've seen him have success at. So I like him going down like 150, 130-ish range. Nick Taylor, again, not a guy I play too often, but one at Pebble. Looked good the last couple of weeks. Interesting. Um, the Smo Show, Smotherman, 150 to 1. Again, Pebble, for whatever reason, checking boxes, those short type of courses. Him, Duncan, has been, has been playing really well. Um, Duncan's actually top five in par three scoring average on the season, so that's pretty impressive. Really good approach player. Um, but maybe my top guy down here, uh, Jaeger Bombs. On DraftKings, yeah. he's 7,300. He's 180 to one in the outright market. I think he's probably better for a T20 type of play. Um, but again, T6 at Potomac, the irons have been scorching hot. I think he's top seven in part three. And then I got him here 12th around the green, the last 50 on bent. Um, so that's pretty impressive. He's also striking the ball really well. Third on approach just in his last eight rounds. Uh, so stat wise, Jägermeister is checking a lot of boxes for me. Probably going to be the hammer of the week at 7,300 on DraftKings and possibly 180 to one. I, again, don't know if I love it. If you can each weigh it, I know a lot of books don't let you do that, but if you can do that, uh, that's a pretty large number for him. I, I know you're, I know you're going to have, tell me you're not going to bet Svensson. I won't believe you. Uh, I'm going to have to bet Svensson. I'm going to have to, he's my guy. He's got the Canadian thing. He don't live there. He lives down here in Jupiter, but uh, yeah, I'll have to bet him 250. Like there's, Honestly, I like these to me, these guys at 250 are just as likely to win this thing as the guys at 125. That probably sounds silly now that I heard that come out of my mouth, but there's some good players here. Brandon Wu, 
playing really well. Adam Shank just played decent at the Memorial, also played really good at Wells Fargo and TPC Potomac. Danny Willett is up and down, but has had signs like British Masters a couple of weeks ago played good. Martin Laird, not bad. Carlos Ortiz playing terrible, but like a guy that has won like a PGA Tour event in like consecutive seasons. So um, it's not awful. Ryan Armour played really well at Potomac, really good on short courses. Like these guys, 250 to one, a lot of them have my attention and I'd rather take two of them. I'd rather, okay, I'd rather take four of these guys than take two guys like 100 to one. Um, I just think that 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 one of them could compete and it gives you a lot of opportunities should be good in like a top 20, top 40 market as well. Man, I wish, I wish Danny was here, man. Oh, dude, tell me about it. I mean, this would be, this would set up pretty nicely for him. The, the way he's hitting the ball a little bit better off the tee. That's usually what scares me with him, but he's playing better. Um, he, I don't know what in this field, he, I mean, he probably still get him. Maybe we, we wouldn't get him 80 to one, but we probably get him somewhere between 50 and 80 still. Yeah. We'll probably get him like 66 this week. I bet just cause he's had a couple of good finishes. People are starting to jump on the train, but I got two um, more for you. If you, if you'll allow me two more. Yes, please. Two more Pepto specials here. Uh, 400 to one. Again, these oh, are boy. more likely going to be top twenties, not outrights. Uh, Michael Glidgick, again, a Canadian, 24th in Mexico, 37th at Wells Fargo. Just looking for guys with that sort of T30, T20 ceiling at the home event. Interesting. Sure. And the other guy will probably garner a little too much ownership uh, for DFS, but uh, Chris Goderup, the Jack Nichols Award winner. There's been a lot of chatter about him today because he qualified. He won the SUNY Purchase uh, qualifier upstate New York for the U.S. Open. But um, kid's a really special player. He's from Oklahoma. Uh, he's actually from Jersey, but he, he played college in Oklahoma after Rutgers. He transferred to OU. Uh, I think he was sixth in Puerto Rico. So, you know, has a little experience, um, but really good player. Got to keep an eye on. Interesting guys, 6,300. I don't even know what the outright number is. But, again, top 20 market only for me down in this range. Uh, there's there's a lot of them. There, there are a lot of them this week, the pre-major week. Uh, it's time to get a little frisky, I think. Yeah, here's another one just as I'm kind of scrolling through that I noticed. Um, because he popped in the model that I ran, and the reason is 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 basically how he played on short courses, and he hasn't played very much at all. So the numbers are like pulling a lot of old data. But Ryan Moore on a short course used to kind of be his wheelhouse. And I also I think on Ryan Moore, this is either his last or second to last start on an exemption to keep his PGA tour card. So played awful at the Memorial. That's not a golf course for him. I don't know why that was the first place he teed it up in like six months. Um, but here, I don't know. So he's 400 to one on DraftKings. He's 160 to one on FanDuel. So a big discrepancy there, maybe a top 40, um, just get in there and, and hit a lot of wedges on a short course. I have no idea. Maybe he's just like in terrible form, but just a name that kind of stuck out. Yeah, I actually I put him in one lineup last week because I thought that I thought he only had one on the medical and he chose last week, which was kind of crazy. Um, but no, so I maybe guess this is the sponsor then. No, I think or or maybe he did have two more, and the, and this is the other one. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, what was it? John Deere last summer. He was around there. That was Ben Crass. Probably a little yeah. bit worse, but. Um, no, I, I like that. There's there's definitely sicker guys down there. Um, you know, Shankopotamus, I've heard a little chatter on. 
I don't know. I mean, it's dangerous down here. I tread lightly in this territory. Uh, I don't know. Danny Lee, last guy. Danny Lee made his last three cuts in Canada. Go figure. I I have no idea why, uh, but the Kiwi uh, could be sneaky this week. Way down there. I got to see if I got to find somebody. I don't even, it looks like they don't even have him, but my boy down here, I've played golf with, here he is, Albin Choi. Whoa. 150 to one. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe see if you can slip a top 40. He's been, so he had some good starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he was Sung Jay's caddy. I don't know if you know this about Albin. So, yeah. fun story. I know Albin because he lives down here and I've played golf with him. And just when you play golf with someone who's that good, he's the, probably the best player I've ever like played with. Um, it's just insane to watch people like to to watch them at an event is one thing, but to like play with them is just uh, it it brings to life like how good they are. Um, anyway, so Sung Jay was at the the Honda a few years ago and just let go of his caddy. So the story is that he walks into the caddy barn and he's like, "Does anybody in here? I need a caddy. Does anybody speak Korean?" And Albin was there trying to qualify for the Honda was just kind of like floating around and was like, I speak, I'm not a caddy, but like I speak Korean. And he was like, and I actually caddied one time for KJ Choi on the champions tour when he like needed a fill in. And Sung Jay's like, you got the job. You're my caddy. He wins four days later. It was the week that he won the Honda. So he ended up being Sung Jay's caddy for like almost two, I believe like a year and a half to two years. And then he's like basically gave the bag up and is like, I still want to try to like live this dream of mine to like play professionally. Canadian kid. Um, I think that's why they gave him a sponsor's invite into the field, but just a feel good story. I hope that he, um, I wish him all the best this week. Maybe I'll look to like take, I think the top 40 on him. I saw somebody said was like 18 or 20 to one. So a huge number. Oh, I- I love it. I honestly haven't heard of that or anything, but uh, I do always enjoy at the end of the show when you bring a little uh, story or outside perspective into it because you're just crunching numbers like that gets boring. Like I'm again for us, we're, we're trying to bring a little humor to the whole thing and a little levity. So whenever I hear good stories like that, uh, you know, it brings a damn tear to my eye, Joey. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, and that's really what this is about is stories like that. If you're throwing bombs in at 750 to one, you got to have some sort of sentimental attachment to make it worthwhile. I want to bet who I want to root for, man. That's, That's what it, it is. This is why not, you think uh, we bet Danny every week. Why else would I, why else would we do it to ourselves? We got exactly. We I don't know. Uh, this is why I don't keep track of units on uh, on my thing. I want to bet who I want to bet. Listen, Joe, it was awesome talking with you, man. It felt very natural. I appreciate you. Tell everyone uh, before I get you out of here where they can follow you and find some more of your great content. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on again. It was a pleasure. Anytime, I'll be here for you at Blayton Golf. B L A T A N T Golf uh playinggolf.com blogs merch all sorts of stuff mainly twitter and instagram though we'll keep you updated uh, with the lighter side of fantasy uh you know a little less numbers a little more fun uh you know we'll try to keep it light and uh you know bol this week this should be a real sicko special week uh north of the border and then u.s open um let's go give me me who's going to be in the final pairing and we'll end it with that uh i'm gonna say it's going to be final pairing justin thomas cameron smith Love it. Shop makers, creative, like just those are the, I think those two guys are going to be in there. I've been thinking can't lay for like literally six months and just put an absurd amount of $5 parlays in with him. But uh, I think, 
I just have a feeling that Xander, like just all around game at this course is going to be really important. Um, I think one, I think, I think it's going to be a new major winner too. Cam Smith is, is so due. He's so due, but it's like, he's going to win the players and this, I don't know. He's always there. He's always there. Um, I know. Makes a lot of sense. I'm, I like, I like the first time major guy. I like, I like the breakthrough of that. So um, maybe we'll see that, but you never know. There's a lot of guys that want to add to their resume too, that are in good form. So I, I can't wait to watch it. Can't wait, man. Appreciate you coming on this week. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely, man. Thank you. See ya. All right. Good stuff. That was a ton of fun. Um, just great guy. So happy to talk to him. It's the first time we've really spoken outside of like Twitter DMs and stuff. So uh, make sure to follow Joe at blatant underscore chief on Twitter. My guy Hunt Man was in here and said, don't you ever say Vic to LIV again. So I do a show uh, with Rick on Wednesdays. Don't do not tell him that I said that. I was just merely I don't think he's going. It was just merely a reference of like that type of young, talented player. I don't think he's going. I hope nobody goes. I really hope Brooks doesn't go. Um, but that kind of uh, is what it is. So listen, I wanted to get to uh, the best bet. <coughs> Teased it earlier. It's from the top of the board. I hit this thing pretty hard, guys. Um, and I really feel confident about this this week. Here's who I got. I'm trying to bring up the graphic now. Give me one second. All right. This is who's going to win the Canadian Open. And I've got a lot of points to sort of back it up. He's 10 to 1. He won the last Canadian Open the week before the U.S. Open. Granted, at a different course, I am all systems go. Rory McElroy is going to win this week. First in strokes game ball striking over the last 24 rounds. Here's the kicker. Bent grass putting last 24 rounds. Rory is first. So, strokes gain T to green last four events, which would be, um, let me look, let me pull it up here. So, it's going to be the Wells Fargo. It's going to be the PGA Championship. It's going to be the Memorial, and it's going to be the Masters. He's second overall. So, those three things, the best putter, the best ball striker, Strokes gain total. How hasn't he won? It's really weird that like he hasn't got that win yet. And it just makes me feel like he's more due than anyone else. Strokes gain total on the comp courses. So here's what I use. Southern Hills, Valspar, which is a DNP for him, and Potomac. I think Potomac is going to play very similar uh, in terms of, of, what it demands out of a player. And he made that charge there, um, made the charge at Southern Hills. The putting thing is just ridiculous. So the recent form, 18th, 8th, 5th, 2nd, miscut, 33rd, 1st. The 1st was was obviously at the CJ Cup out there in Vegas. Um, course history, one for one. Different course, doesn't matter. Had to put it in there. Um, so here's like the biggest thing. Like I mentioned, this whole field is very like, star top heavy right and Scheffler is at his peak so it's different than the top heavy that we saw at Mexico where it was like Rom and nobody else we got some other stars up here it's hard to make a, not make a case for any of them but here's my shot 
Scheffler is at his peak being nine to one in a field with Rory and Justin Thomas coming off a major coming off of this form. You see on the screen right there out of Rory and Scheffler's nine to one. He's awesome. Second in a playoff at the Schwab Um, during his sort of winning stretch, though. Gained a lot with the putter Uh, seemed to make everything when it mattered, which may be losing a little steam with the short stick. Um, Lost at the Byron, lost at the PGA, barely gained at the Chuck Schwab. And if you remember, he made nothing on Sunday of consequence. If he did, he wouldn't have never been in a playoff. JT, I just love him at the U.S. Open next week. I think that he has a great chance to go back-to-back with majors. Um, Likely took some time off, as he should have, after the win. And he's probably just getting back in the swing of reps and wants to sharpen the axe. For Brookline. So I'm not going to bet him this week. Cam Smith, disappointing finish on the weekend where he didn't hit his irons well. I have a 50 to 1 on Cam Smith next week. Yes, pat myself there on the back. Um, so I just hope he doesn't play well, but lost strokes off the tee in three out of four rounds at Memorial. That's not going to go over really well here. Here's the thing Rory's just doing this from a total all encompassing uh, perspective. Uh, where I see a few question marks of others in spots of their games. Plus, you may question his motivation the week before U.S. Open week, which I think is fair of any of these guys at the top. Are they maybe looking past this? Rory's not. This is an opportunity for him to steal the stage, to move the needle for Jay and Panavidra and the PGA Tour and to spike the ratings this week through the week as the ratings do when Rory McIlroy is on top, one of the easiest people to root for, and go head-to-head against the debut of the Live Tour and slay down another trophy on the PGA Tour like only he can do with that little bounce in his step. Um, A chance for more ears on the microphone to listen to his thoughtful comments that he's certainly going to have about the live tour speaking real like this. Rory is the commish um, and he's the king of the tour. And I think that this week is going to be important for him. And he looks at it as an opportunity. That's all I got there. Final thoughts um, is going to be quick tonight because I, the show has run a little bit long. So here's pretty much what I wanted to, to make a point about. So there's not going to be a major report for the U.S. Open. It's sad. I know. Um, It is a ton of work that is basically all on my shoulders. I'm going out of town this Wednesday through next Monday. So I'm just not going to be able to interview 14 people and do all the work that is that content. That said, um, there will be preferred lines on Monday. Tambo is going to join me. We're going to talk the entire odds board for the U.S. Open. I may have one other guest that I'm working on now who is a big name. So it's still going to be a big show, but I'm going to do it under preferred lines. With The the brand that I've sort of built with the help of Chad from the beginning, I want it to get sort of the recognition that it deserves. I have these great sponsors who support the show, um, and I want to make sure that, that I'm giving them my best content for Major Week. Also, I have a U.S. Open preview show that I'm super proud of. I did a ton of research. Um, I worked all weekend on prepping for this thing. I basically went hole by hole. I give you a history 
of uh, back to the 1800s of this place. I got notes from a guy who's played it. I got notes from the director of golf at the course, like across the street there who worked for a long time. Um, I, I spoke with someone who was, who was clued in with the U S open setup committee and Jason Gore. Uh, so there are a ton of good stuff that I have there. It's up on the YouTube page. Now don't get sick. This sucks. I'm going to get over it. Uh, vacations coming. I hope you all got a great week. Thank you for checking out Preferred Lines. Give me a like and subscribe on the way out. Tell a friend, maybe a retweet if you're nice. Talk to you all soon. Peace.